All right, and we're back. Hello, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I am your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Sport Wheel Sports Excellence, Nova Scotia's number one stop for bicycles, baseball, lacrosse, volleyball, hockey, and more. Getting your kids off the couch is what they do best. Stop by and see them at 209 Sackville Drive or visit them on the web at www.sportwheels.ca at sport wheels they're taking health and safety very seriously if you're worried about social distancing don't worry they have you covered from assisted shopping to web browsing curbside pickup they have you covered sport wheels sports excellence helping your family stay active since 1947 and just like that we're back what's the date today June 24th, a Wednesday, hump day. You're halfway there, people. Summer's flying by. I can't believe July's around the corner. Canada Day. When's Canada Day? July 1st, Wednesday. So a week from today, Canada Day. Um, yesterday, baseball was announced. Or not was announced. It was announced that baseball's coming back. So I know on the last podcast we had, I think it was, uh, no, I don't think. I know it was Graham. Uh, I was skeptical about any sport coming back. So baseball's proved me wrong. I hope that other sports keep proving me wrong. Uh, you know, we need sports back in this world. It, it makes it makes life a little bit more easier. You know, you got a tough day. You come home, your 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 team's playing. You sit down on the couch. Maybe you crack a beer. Maybe you you puff on a giant. Whatever your your vice is, you you sit back and you watch your team play. And I don't know. It makes it just makes the world seem at ease. Makes it seem normal when you're watching other guys work while you just kind of sit there and watch. Makes you feel like you're working. You know what I mean? Makes you it makes it feel like you're having fun. It's the beauty of sport. Um, anyway, so you know. Baseball's back. I know hockey's back, but I don't know. Well, just you hear things every day, so you just really never know. But I hope it comes back. You know what? I know you do too. Everyone listening here is obviously a sports fan, so hopefully everything comes back. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Matt Anthony. Matt's been on the podcast twice before, third time's a charm. Probably one of my favorite guests to come on to the podcast. He's the assistant coach uh, for the Cape Breton Eagles. He just wrapped up his first year uh, coaching the major junior team over there in Cape Breton. So, you know, I'm sure he's learned a lot this year about uh, about his role as a coach. You know, the, the major junior schedule is a, is a hectic travel schedule. I'm sure he's learned a lot about uh, managing personalities, managing egos. Um, you know, I, I love learning about uh, the opposite end of the hockey world. When you're not a player, the, the coach is such a, a mental side of the game, I think from what I, I picked up from him from the first two podcasts. Um, he's really he's a pleasure to talk to. I'm excited that he's here. We hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm Justin. We're talking to Matt. This is the High Button Podcast. You know what comes next. You brr, Talking too fast. Slow down, Justin. You know what comes next. Here we go. All right, Ants. Matt, we're going. Perfect. How are you? Good, buddy. We were Good. just saying uh, about the NHL cities here. Yeah, it'd be nice to see it in two Canadian cities, but I, you got to think of the money aspect that might be in for for sure. But I mean, a lot of the NHL TV money comes from Rogers, and you know, it's a Canadian I, I company. Think, I, yeah, exactly. So I think you're going to see minimum one of this. You know, probably Toronto, maybe Vancouver, whichever. Uh, if they decide to go on the West Coast in the states, they'll probably go Toronto. If they decide to go. You know, on the eastern side in in the states, maybe Vancouver. 
I was, I was thinking of so many different things if they play out of one or even two hub cities. Imagine, like, you know, like you and I have played hockey before. We know what it's like when there's a, a good group of guys on the ice. But imagine if there's an NHL game and then right back to back there's another NHL game. How chopped up would that ice be? Oh, crazy. It, but, you know, they'll bring in the top ice makers in, in the world and, and they'll figure it out, I think. Um, you know, I think they could probably do three games a day uh, realistically. Like, if, if it's like, uh, I don't know how much fun it would be for the players you know for maybe the fans like, it would be great yeah like a one o'clock you know eastern start and then a, a five o'clock eastern start and then like an eight thirty or nine eastern start like that's another thing i didn't even think about the west coast east coast thing if, if all the games are on the west coast that's a i never even thought of that either. so so like that's why like there's no way they're ever going to go with two western cities as the hubs because all the games would be you know guys on on the atlantic or the eastern side would be up until three, four, or five a.m. watching games. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think best case scenario for for the NHL is they get one in each each time zone and yeah. um, go from there. So many variables up in the air. Yeah, it's exciting though. You know, like every day you're on Twitter, you're looking like, all right, what's happening today? What's happening today? Baseball yesterday. Yeah, said it came. It's going to be coming back. Who knows if it actually will? But I don't know. It's you know things things are happening every day, and that like you know it's such an unprecedented time and and everything that uh, even the top of the food chain really aren't one hundred percent sure on how how everything's going to play out and what's going to go down because you know you've already seen uh, you know players testing positive and and that kind of thing and um, yeah I don't who knows what's going to happen it's it's going to be crazy though whatever does happen what's the what's the word in your world i was talking to welshy and gooby yesterday and they said that maybe like mid-january q's coming back but they still i don't think they were too sure what, what are you hearing in your world yeah i mean jules Corteau, our commissioner came out uh like last week or the week before and said you know we're, we're planning to start october 1st um you know, we are in a slightly different position than the other two uh, CHL leagues in the CHL because we don't have any American teams. Mm-hmm. So there's no border crossing issues, international border crossing issues for oh, us. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the O has Saginaw and then you have Everett and, and Seattle and all these teams in the West. Um, you know, I've heard different rumors, uh, you know, maybe only playing inside the Atlantic provinces for a few months. And then the Quebec teams only playing in Quebec for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um but right now we're preparing uh, for an October first start. That's exciting. Yeah, like just having a date to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And obviously it'll look a little different. Um, you know, maybe reduce training camps because you know guys will be starting school, whether you're high school, whether you're, and that's the that's the issue with us versus Ontario because they they're all under the same you know education guidelines. Whereas if you're a high school student in New Brunswick, it's completely different than being a high school student in Nova Scotia, and definitely different than being a high school student in Quebec. So, um, you know, what is that going to look like? I don't know. So, you know, I, I know I've talked to our main, uh, academic, uh, you know, advisor, ad- academic coordinator, uh, Ryan McPherson a few times over the phone the last you know month or so. And he's working hard to prepare for all situations too. So that's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Like we're one thing like the hockey ops department, but the education side and figuring all that stuff out is going to be difficult too. It feels like all departments have to come together to work towards one common goal. Cause even if you look at a high school student that isn't playing major junior hockey, like what does school look like next year? Right. Yeah. You know, how many kids are in a classroom these days? 30 and they're definitely not six feet apart. Yeah. You know, everything is just up in the air regards to not even sport, just life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it is, it is good to, to have, uh, you know, a start date to at least look forward to and, yeah. and think about and, um, you know, really put, 
unfortunately, you know, this year it didn't end the way, you know, we wanted it to, but well, I was going to get to that. I was going to congratulate you on like, <laughs> a, you know, it, you know, you're a major junior coach. That's a big accomplishment for, for a guy like you that, uh, that grew up in the Maritimes. You're coaching a Maritime team. That's awesome. You must be through the moon. It's probably settled in a little bit now. Yeah, for sure. And it's pretty cool. We're, we're I believe we are the first, um, uh, all Nova Scotian coaching staff in league history. I didn't so, know that. so, so Jake Grimes, our head coach is originally from Dartmouth. Okay. Um, you know, he went and played in the OHL and, and has coached, in the OHL for the last 15, 17 years. So, um, but he is originally from Dartmouth. Yeah. Um, that was our connection actually. Uh, first connection towards getting the job was we both played midget for Steve Kroll. Um, so that's, you know, that's how small the hockey world is, right? Like he's, I love it he, though. Yeah. He's here with Guelph for the Mem Cup last year. And, um, Two months later, he's he's here as, as the head coach at Cape Breton, and then uh, myself and, and Chris Culligan, the other assistant, he's yeah. from Cape Breton, yeah. um, local legend in Sydney, uh, and then Charles Grant, our goalie coach, uh, yeah. is from the Valley, yeah. um, and Scotty Guthrow, our other our other goalie coach, uh, goalie consultant, I think is his actual title. He's a <laughs> Cape Breton boy too, and and then. Um, aids our equipment guy is a halifax boy himself he's a great guy yeah he's he's unbelievable he's yeah. so good at what he does and uh, so it's it's it was really cool to have uh you know a staff of all nova scotians what's one thing that you learned this year about the uh, about coaching you know you've coached in the past of course but major junior is a completely different ball game what's one thing maybe you learned about yourself or maybe just you know a different coaching style anything at all that you know you learned yeah i think um you know, Jake has been in the game for so long at, at such a high level, and he's coached, you know, PK Subban and all the, you know, all kinds of top end guys mm -hmm. that have come through. Uh, I think he had McDavid in the U17s one year. Like, so, you know, he's been around a lot of high end guys and, and um, you know, has won multiple OHL championships and that kind of thing. So yeah. just the, the level of uh, preparedness and breaking everything down to the, nth degree yeah. uh was something that really i picked up on from him um and you know learned a lot from cully too uh you know he, he's been there as a player he's one of the best you know all around major junior players the quebec league's ever seen from yeah. nova scotia um but yeah picking the picking the brains of all those guys all the time is awesome and you know also meeting uh different scouts and and you know gms or assistant gms at the nhl level and that kind of thing and just you know hearing what they're looking for in players and and what really matters and it, it's uh it was a pretty cool unique experience for sure you know the higher you go up in in hockey the more you know the pressure is to make the nhl and, and with that pressure comes you know you, you want to be on the power play you want to be on the penalty kill and, and sometimes ego can come into effect as you get older and you get better did you find you know maybe there was a little difficulty of saying i'm sorry you can't be on the power play right now maybe you know next week maybe was there any issue dealing with ego as guys want to you know, grow and maybe their their scouts or not their scouts, their agents are in their ears saying, you know, talk to Ant, see if you can get on the power play. Was there anything like that you had to deal with? Yeah, there's there's different levels of of that. I mean, we had a very unique uh, group this year, so we did we did have a lot of top end talent. We had a lot of guys that were drafted, signed. We have a lot of guys that were playing to get drafted. Yeah. Um, and there's the level of leadership within the group. I think that takes care of anything right away and then you know maybe it comes to me or cully as assistant coaches and then you know maybe then it gets to jake like you know depending yeah. on the level of concern or, or what you know if somebody's just having a bad day and and 
you know, mad that they weren't on the power play last night. Yeah. You know, maybe our captain or assistant captain deals with it <clears throat> and, um, you know, talks to the guy and, and, you know, calms him down. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's always a balancing act for sure. Um, keeping everybody happy and keeping everybody on the same page. Uh, but especially with the group we had this year, I mean, you had your chance and if you produce, then you stayed there. And if, if you weren't producing, there was somebody else to step up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think at any level of hockey, you're, you're going to be dealing with that, but yeah, agents are definitely uh, a key in all of it as well. Are they calling you at all? I, I talk to, I mean, sometimes, uh, mostly it'll go through Jake, but yeah. like, you know, some agents that I've had dealings with in the past, cause I had a lot of players come through Newbridge that were, yeah. you know, repped and stuff. And, yeah. um, so I have some better relationships with some guys than others. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you see them at the game, see them after, after games and stuff like that. So yeah. if, if, uh, you know, their guy had two and two that night, they're, they're, super pumped right they're having a they're having a great time and if he you know didn't have a great game and or didn't get a lot of playing time or whatever it was that night then they're not as happy yeah. to see us so uh they're all good guys though and and um you know it's it's good to know different guys too because more and more kids um you know are exposed to that agent game younger and younger yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing in the the agent world when you know they can approach a sixteen year old, a fifteen year old, say, "Hey, sign with me." The business aspect of it, especially at the major junior level, even the, I don't know the junior A level, maybe, but it's just interesting as you get higher and higher how the business aspect of it just plays in. I remember, you know, I played I don't know how many games up in major junior, but you you just saw it, people hanging around the dressing room just waiting to talk to players, and I don't know if they were you know Bauer reps, CCM reps, reps agents, parents. You just saw people lingering and, and not not wanting things from players, but just being aware. Just, yeah. You know, this kid okay, he had a hat trick. That's great. I'm gonna go up and talk to him. You just I just noticed that stuff. And with us, because we are so far away from everybody else yeah. uh you know when we're playing in halifax when we're playing in moncton um a lot more family are there a yeah. lot more you know agents are coming to those games so when we're on the road there's always a, a big group of uh people you know waiting to see waiting to see the players yeah How'd you find the road this year, travel-wise? I mean, for me, it was actually better than what I was used to, right? Like, with Newbridge, like, going to Boston, New York, Montreal, Toronto all the time, yeah. Ottawa, like, you I know. I didn't know you guys traveled that much. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we, I was on the road, you know, I don't, it, it'd be tough to find anybody that spent more time on a bus than me the last five, six years. Wow. Um, so, I don't mind the bus at all. I don't Good. mind the road. Uh, I get a lot of my work done on the bus, so, like, you know, we'll... We always go on to the next city right after the game and stay there. So, you know, if we're That's playing, nice. you know, we were playing in um, Charlottetown on a Friday night and then we're playing in St. John on Saturday, we'll get on the bus and head to St. John right away. So yeah. I'll be able to cut the video from that game on the on the bus ride there. I'll be able to get my pre-scope finished, uh, you know. So I, I, I've i always been able to get a lot of work done on the bus, which is a bonus for me, so. When you're breaking down video, what are you looking for? Your own players' mistakes or other teams' mistakes that you're about to play against? So it it varies. So we uh, we have a deal. Our, our league has a deal with a company called Exos. Okay. And so all every team has the exact same video set up. Every team needs to record uh, their home games and provide it to – basically we put it on a cloud. And also the league has access to this one exactly, cloud. Exa okay, so exactly. Okay, okay. So I can watch any game – cool played in the league so you know if we're going to play 
so for example, Ramuski's coming to play us at home, and I'll watch, uh, you know, three or four of their games leading up to that, uh, and clip, you know, their tendencies, their faceoffs, the power plays, like that kind of thing, yeah. as, as part of the pre scout. Yeah. Um, Lafreniere just has his own cloud. He just has but, his yeah, own highlight oh, reel in the own cloud. <laughs> I, it was, I'm not going. I'd be lying if I said I didn't watch a couple of Ramuski games randomly just to see what he was doing. But it, that guy's incredible. But yeah, that that's kind of how the pre-scout works. Is yeah. and you know teams like Halifax and Moncton that we play all the time. A lot of the cl- those clips are against us. So like this is how they beat us on this face-off or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll I'll get anywhere from you know 75 to 100 clips and work it work it down to. 10 12 for for pregame like because you know I'll, I'll run it through jake and Cully. like I'll, I'll put it all together and then we'll i'll get it down to like 25 yeah. and then we'll look at it together what you're saying. and we'll cut it down even further yeah. to condense it for the players so yeah. uh because chuck always does a goalie pre-scope yeah. um so you know 520 three four minute goalie pre-scope 525 five seven minute uh, you know, team pre-scout. But then on the other hand, we're also doing the video of our guys to show, you know, at practice or during the week and, you know, the systems, whether we're doing them right, whether we're doing them wrong, you know, that kind of thing. And we also do a lot of individual video. So like Cully will take any of the forwards. And again, on the buses, it's done a lot. So Chuck cuts all of our shifts all the players' individual shifts. So, you know, Justin Belanger wants to watch all of his shifts. You know, he comes up to the front of the bus, sits with Cully, and Cully will go through shift by shift with him. You know, and, and same thing with me with the defenseman. If they want to watch want to watch their shifts, then then that's what we do. So, yeah, video is obviously a massive part of, of what I do in my, my job. We always, we've always talked about this. The, every single podcast that you've been on with me, we always end up talking about video and how much it helps us. And, we, you know, wishing we had it back when we were younger. Because yeah. when you see your mistakes, you're like, all right, I just won't do that again. Yeah. It, it's like when we were on the ice the other day with, well, yesterday with Welshy and Gooby and Aiden was filming. I don't think I've ever seen myself skate in 10 years. You know, I was actually yeah. just seeing myself. I was like, oh, that's what I look like when I'm doing this. Like, it, it's incredible how much it can help you. And in a game situation, I couldn't even imagine. So It's, and, it's unbelievable. And, and so that's what it, it, the crazy part is, like, Chuck. So Chuck's a goalie coach slash video coach. So, like, at, at all of our home games and all of our road games, yeah. he's cutting things as the game happens. Like, he's up top in the press box or the media box, wherever, uh, and – you know, he's chopping up every face off, every exit, every entry, every power play, whatever. Yeah. And he comes down in the intermissions and he's like, okay, boys, what do you want to see? And like, we have it on our cards. Okay. Uh, what do you mean your cards? Like our game cards, right? Like if, if oh, I sorry. saw, okay, if I yeah. saw something out there and I, like, I wrote it down like, yeah. Hey, 1732 on the clock. Yeah. And I'll say, Hey Chuck, can I see this face off that happened at 1732? And he'll pull it up on the screen so I can see it. Um, you know, plus it's we quick. have, plus we have the iPad going during the game too. So oh, it's on the bench, right? So we have the iPad on the bench. So that gets used a lot as well. Um, you know, just quickly, like, especially this year, because we had so many veterans, like guys are used to that stuff. And, uh, you know, I'd have a guy come off the ice and he'd say, Ants, can I see, can I see how that guy beat me right there? So I'll just grab the iPad. I won't even look at it cause I'm looking at what's going on in the yeah. ice and I'll just pass it to him and him and his D partner, whoever will, will look at it. Yeah. So it's it's a necessary evil for sure. I, I like it. I love it. I think, I think it, that just watching, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of games this year on that cloud really helped, helped me as well. And yeah. not only 
learning the game, but knowing the prospects and knowing knowing the players on the other teams. Because that, again, that's part of my job too. Know who, what's their first line like? What's their second line like? What's their th- you know? So mm. all of that is is you know part of kind of what I bring to the table, and that really helped me yeah. for sure grow as a coach. Did you find yourself comfortable like the first five games of the season, or did you find a little adjustment? Did you find you know okay anything at all? Uh, it, the preseason games helped, I think, settle yeah. settle that. Uh, settle those kind of nerves like you know i think the most nervous i probably was was that first game at at the metro center at, yeah. at scotia bank with you know it was it was uh i think it was pink in the rink night actually so there was you know eight thousand people there you know a lot of my family and that kind of and just coming out of that tunnel you know seeing all the the crowd and everything like that was that was kind of the moment that i knew would be really cool for me just because you know i grew up watching the moose heads and that kind of thing but yeah nerves wise i mean i don't think so i i'm a pretty confident guy um and that's you know i i knew that if i was there i I deserved to be there and and so what can't take time to be nervous because you know things happen so quick but um you know good kind of nervous you know you definitely get butterflies before big games and uh you know our last one of the last games we played we were um you know, battling with Ramuski for playoff position and passing them was huge for us. Cause that would mean essentially meant we missed Moncton until the third round. So, so getting there and passing them was huge. And, uh, they were coming to town and obviously Lafreniere adds a big piece to the puzzle and, you know, sold out center 200, um, at home on a Saturday night with a, in a big time game, like, that was though that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, yeah. and and uh, you know we scored two goals I think in the first four minutes, and and the place was just Bomb. bonkers. <laughs> so so that was that was pretty cool. And then like afterwards, you know we win, and the whole sit like all the fans are are st- sticking around and and cheering and singing and yelling, and um you know it was it was it was that was moments like that were you know pretty cool you feel for the 20s and moments like that because that was the last game of the season uh one of them yeah our last game of the season actually was a wednesday night the night that that the nba canceled their season so so we went to moncton and we were playing moncton i think we had six games left and uh we had just we it was like a little home and home with moncton we had beat them at home and uh we went up and i think we lost three one and we got up back on the bus and we're heading back to cape and uh you know, we'd start looking at our phones and see on Twitter or whatever that the NBA shut down, and we we're like, "Ooh, that's that's not good." You so, just knew it was coming. You knew the axe was coming. Yeah, know, just a matter of time. So you know, we went back, and and it was still a number, of, you know, probably three or four days, and we were all kind of like sitting on pins and needles, waiting to see what happened. And uh, you know, actually, the Eastlink crew, our game, Charlottetown was coming up for a Friday Saturday uh, set against us, and Eastlink was going to do the Friday night game, so. The like Mavs and Kevin and all those guys were actually at our rink, like hanging out with me and Cully and Chuck, like kind of in our little lounge area because we knew the announcement was coming within half an hour. So we were all like, what's going to happen? Like what's, what's going on? So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely heartbreaking for the twenties for sure. I mean, Derek Gentile, our captain, I mean, you take away that that kid, he's a Sydney, he grew up two minutes from the rink. Uh, you know, he's, he's a five-year Q guy. He's been on a couple good runs. He, he's ready to lead his hometown team to, to a championship. And, um, yeah, my heart breaks for guys like that. And, you know, I mean, Heinem too, I, obviously he, he got to, to win last year, but, you know, and then, um, um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, all of our other guys, like uh, like Sean Boudreaux was our other 20, like uh, another five-year guy that was a beast this year for us. I think he finished, you know, top 12 in the league in scoring. and uh, But also the other guys that aren't going to be playing junior again, right, like Sokolov and Laferriere. And, you know, we had five 19-year-old defensemen, uh, Mando, like our, our goalie, like all these guys. Like we had a lot of guys that we knew it was going to be their last year. I mean, you saw – uh, during the trade period before the draft, like obviously we had to ship out some, some 20 year olds because we had so many uh, 19 year olds this year. So we knew it was, it, it was the last shot for a lot of, a lot of players, not just our 20. So it was definitely heartbreaking for, for everybody because we felt that um, we had every bit as good a chance as anybody to, to win the league and challenge for the Mem cup. I mean, you look at our team with Mando, I mean, Mando was named top goalie in in the queue. Uh, he was up for top wow. goalie in the CHL. Um, you know, signed, just signed his deal with Ottawa. Like, so we, I think we only lost six games all year with him starting. I like that guy. Whenever we came and mic'd you guys up, he he's was always awesome. saying, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. He, he was always asking about how high button was doing. It, he's a nice guy. He, he's very involved in the community. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know the story with him and his billet sister. So I talked about, uh, Bubba, our, our academic guy, his daughter, um, his infant daughter was diagnosed with a, with a pretty severe illness, uh, about a year ago. And, and so Mando with billets with them and she's doing okay now. Like she, she was up in Toronto, uh, for, for six months, eight months, um, still comes down to Halifax every now and then, but you know, they're doing good. And so Mando, um, you know, has a little patch on his pads, uh, with Ella, with her name on it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he does a lot of work at the children's hospital. Like, so that Saturday night before we got canceled, uh, it was supposed to be our Irish night, like our St. Patty's night oh, game, green jerseys, green jerseys, yeah. green pads. And, and Mando actually had a competition at the, at the kids hospital, uh, to design his pads. So he had all these, all these kids, like, you know, submitting their pictures. So his pads are actually designed by, by a kid in, in from the hospital. So That's sick. yeah, he, he's an un, unbelievable, unbelievable guy. I think he's going to be, I think if he hadn't got hurt early on in the season, like he went down pretty early for like five month high ankle sprain. Oh yeah. So not good for goalies. So he was down for about six weeks. And I think if that hadn't happened, he probably would have been right there knocking on the door for the world junior team. Like he was goalie of the month for the queue in December, January, February. So you know, with him and Nets, we felt we had it. Every... That's a big key to playoff push, man. Exactly. Comfortable in Nets. And, and and we had five five top end nineteen year old defensemen. So you know, we two of the three nominees for defensive defenseman of the year in the league, you know, was my was a D pairing. So so like you know we and then you know obviously our firepower up front we scored the second or third most goals in the league with Sokolov, Francis, Laferriere, Element. Like getting Element at the deadline was huge for us. Like you bring in a guy that's the toughest guy in the league. Uh, plays physical, can shut down other teams' top lines, plus scored 44. So, like, you know, we, yeah. we, had a, we had a team built for playoffs. We were the biggest team in the league. Um, we felt that, you know, Moncton, Moncton was probably the, the a team we were going to have to go through, and we felt we matched up pretty good with them. We played them tough all year, and um, obviously it's tough to say what would happen. There was five really good teams. Yeah. And then, then there were other teams. You know, Charlottetown definitely had the ability to surprise and upset some people. Um, you know, some teams like Blaineville in the West. So, you know, it would have been fun yeah. for sure. But, uh, would yeah, have been fun to watch. Disappointing that it didn't, yeah. that it didn't get to happen, but obviously, uh, it was for the greater good. And, and, 
you know, it, it was a necessary thing to to pull the plug on it. You were saying that you have a great decor. All 19 defensemen, you said? 19 Last year, old? yeah. So we had five 19-year-olds. Uh, we had Jared Baker, Adam McCormick, who were both up for Defensive Defenseman of the Year. McCormick was on the second team All-Star team. Mm-hmm. We had Nathan LaRose, who scored almost 20 goals. Um, you know, we had uh, Xavier Bouchard, who we traded for at the deadline. Uh, he was a Vegas pick, you know, big 6'4", 225, puck-moving, right-shot defenseman. Um so yeah, we we had uh, and then Kyle Havlina, who was like our heart and soul, you know, penalty killing machine, yeah. like blocking shots, like there's no tomorrow. And then we had two rookies that were very good. We had an 18 year old rookie and a uh, Kelly, Logan Kelly Murphy yeah. and um, Jeremy Langlois, who was our first round pick last year, who yeah. is going to be a superstar in this league. And wow. it was, but for him, it was a great year to play because he got to play basically every game as a 16 year as old? a 16 year old and, and uh you know learn from all these guys and all of them were so good with them yeah. that uh you know he, he 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 played on the in the u17s he just got invited if you saw hockey canada just released their uh like team Can- canada invites for like u17 u18 so he got invited to the okay. u18 team canada camp so um yeah so we did have a good you know we had to trade like mccormick McCormick was traded as part of the element trade. Uh, so he's, he's, he's gone and we traded Havlina to, to Gatineau, uh, and we traded Bouchard to Rouen. So, you know, pretty heartbreaking yeah. to, but that's junior hockey. And, yeah. and, you know, as everybody, all the players knew that there's only room for three 20 year olds on a team. And when you have a team of, you know, 10, 11, 19 year olds, there's Something's not going to be, happen, not yeah. going to be room for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, like, especially like especially the d because i work so closely with them like you know like very emotional conversations with those guys for sure i wanted to ask about you know last year when the mem cup was here and dobson was on the ice every single pretty much every single second he was playing whenever like he did make a mistake and he went to the bench the coach would leave him alone you know he's a vet he knows how to play the game if he makes a mistake it's fine and as you were just saying you know your your defense your defensive core was very solid so as a coach you know you see a you see one of your defensemen goes out and makes a mistake when they come back to the bench are you saying hey make sure to watch it on that or are you just letting him be knowing that you know he he knows what he's doing he knows he made a mistake i don't need to be in his ear because i watch that like when we're watching hockey games at the metro center scotiabank center i'll watch the coaches and watch the players to see if they make a mistake and see what the reaction is by the coach and what's your thought process on that if a mistake is made do you let him be or do you do you pepper him a little bit yeah i think it depends on the guy like like with langua and and murph like the younger guys like you know, for sure, you you want to go talk to them. I'm never, ever. I've never been a yeller. I've never. I, I'm I'm not starting now. Like I I'm uh, approach it with you know calm, cool, collected type thing. And and the older guys definitely know when they when they messed up. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to calm them down because they're so mad at themselves. That's a good thing. You, you know, right? Yeah. It, but so that 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 for the older guys, that was more it. And anything that you know they wanted to look at or they asked about for sure. Um, so that's when the iPad comes into play and that kind of thing. Um, but most of our teaching uh, happens between games, right? Like practice, video sessions, that kind of thing. So the players win the games, right? Like players play the games and I'm not there to stifle stifle them uh, you know just try to keep them keep them on board like if you you can see their body language if they're you know f- feeling crappy about that play they made or whatever then you, you got to try to pick them up sometimes you got to calm them down like um different personalities are, are different button pushes right so uh yeah it's a case-to-case basis play-to-play basis i think but 
and especially early on in the year when we're implementing, you know, new systems and that kind of thing, like maybe that's a time when you're like, Hey, like you were supposed to be here instead of here strictly systematically. Yeah. Right. Like not, you know, a guy blows a tire and gets burned, you know, you're not kicking him in the, in the rear end when he comes off, like he knows he, he toe picked and, and whatever. So, um, but next year is going to be a completely new challenge, right? So next year we are going to be a lot younger back there. We'll have a lot more rookies. We do, we will have four returning guys, but we'll have three rookies. And um, so it'll be a little different. You know, you, you are going to have to, you know, error correct a little more often than that kind of thing. What do you like to preach to rookies? You said you had a couple 16-year-olds on the team this year. What's one thing that you like to preach to them? <sighs> I mean, it, for, for me, I was a rookie in the league too, so I, I didn't try to push it too much and, and – I, our, like I said, our veteran D helped me as much as I helped them probably more, they, you know, they would have helped me more and, and it, them talking to Langer, you know, for sure helped. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, during the game. And then when, when we're watching video, it's just a matter of, you know, maybe a midget, you could have taken this road and beat that guy, but you're, you're going to have to take a more direct route to get that puck because they're bigger, stronger, quicker, right? Like just small little details like that. But in, in terms of like the 16 year olds this year, like what we were preaching was, uh, you know, watch all these guys that are playing that are here. Yeah. Like, you know, like the Derek Gentiles, like the Tyler Hynams, like the Kyle Hevelinas, like watch how they do, watch, watch how they, you know, act as pros, you know, look at the love of the game that a guy like Igor Sokolov has. Like, you know, this guy's, had the a career year you know uh both with us and internationally with russia like and he had a great world juniors unbelievable world juniors and he still comes to the rink every day biggest smile on his face loving life like you know like and that's something that especially the younger guys like being away from home for the first time missing your family like for sure that's going to happen and uh yeah i think i can't say enough about our leadership group uh this year like you know, we, we took a while to, to name letters, uh, this year because we were all new. We, you know, we first got first year with the team. We didn't know the guys mm-hmm. that well. So mm-hmm. we let it play out for the first couple of months before we named our captains. And, uh, that was a super tough decision because we had 10, 12 guys, guys that, that could have done, yeah. done it. So, um, and even once we did, I mean, it, it didn't change anything. Yeah. So I think leadership is one of the most underrated things in hockey. Uh, you know, if you look at guys who, if you look at teams, excuse me, who have won the Stanley Cup in the past, whatever, 10 years, you know, Crosby, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Taves, you just look at some of these names and you're like, that's great leadership. Taves isn't the, you know, he's a good hockey player, but if you look at his real skill set, I think it's a leadership ability in the room and on the ice, making the right plays, doing the right things. I love digging for stories about what Crosby's like in the room as a leader, because you see what he's like, or you see how he's a, a leader on the ice, of course, but you know, what's he saying to the boys if they're out late? You know, what's he saying to the guys that are, are doing something wrong? Because I just think the whole leadership thing in the room, it's incredible, I think, what it can do. Uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I don't – you'd be hard-pressed to find any team at any level that's ever won um, a championship without that dynamic and without the players holding themselves accountable because, you know, the the GM and the president can hold can hold players accountable. The coaches can hold players accountable. But if the players aren't holding each other accountable, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So um, we were very fortunate to have that 
for sure. I've heard players say that in the past. It's great when a coach doesn't police the room. The players police the room. The players are responsible for the product on the ice, and they're responsible for you know the, how they act off the ice. The coaches are there to keep you you know in guide, like guide you to where you need to be. But at the end of the day, it's the it's the people in the room that can make you know the W's on the ice. Yeah, and I I think that all three of us, all four of us really, like me and Jake and and Cully and Chuck, like all four of us are the type of people that um aren't uh drill sergeants aren't like you know uh yellers uh so all of us have a pretty good pulse on what's going on in terms of you know if like i said if somebody's having a bad day then you you go check with them check in see what's happening and, and that kind of thing and i think um the mutual respect between the players and the coaches is something that is key in today's game like guys aren't gonna want to go uh you know blocking Alexi Lafreniere like I watched Logan Kelly Murphy wear a Jared McIsaac one-timer from like three feet away right where the sun don't shine like 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 killing a penalty like but but those guys aren't like players aren't going to want to do that for some for coaches that they don't respect Uh, you know they they might not always like us but uh, you know they got they have time for us and they have respect and watching guys do that kind of stuff is is massive when I came and mic'd you up out in East Dance, by the way, which was a great video, it was a great time. <laughs> Did you guys fly in there or bus in there? I forget. So everybody was home for Christmas, right? So oh, yeah, because it was weird. Everyone was coming from everywhere. Yeah, so all the guys would have flown into Halifax. And then, yeah. so the bus came down from Cape with, like, Aidsy and Chuck and Cully and, uh, like, gents, gents, because he lives in Sydney, and then yeah. Jer Baker, who's another caper. Yeah. So... Those five came down and then on the bus, on the bus, yeah. and then the bus picked everybody else up at the airport. Like and all the guys that were flying in from Quebec or whatever, and then yeah. all the local like Nova Scotian you guys, were just home. right? So like okay. Miller or, or Kidney and those guys, Franny, yeah. like they all just drove yeah. themselves to to that practice. Okay, and then you know that was a great practice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. That <laughs> my, was fun. My phone wasn't working at the time, and it was a snowstorm. Right. So my girlfriend's on the phone, and she couldn't get a hold of me. I got home from that practice. I got an earful from her because she couldn't get a hold of me for like three hours. She thought I went off the road and like died or something. So I got home. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to edit this and get this video. Out. It's gonna be awesome. Now I, I I got an earful. Man, I that I that, I can't believe I got drilled with that puck. Like, three, who shot that puck? Bouchard. So so. Bush, that was his first practice with us. First time I ever met him. I met him for the first time like ten. Yeah, because he just got traded. There. He yeah, just got yeah, traded. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. just got traded, and he like, we were walking off to get a picture with. I think it was Pat Healy was there and wanted a picture of the East yeah, Dance guys. Yeah. So I was like walking off and, ping it like went off the post and came over and drilled me right in the side of the leg. Oh, couldn't script that. Just like welcome back from Christmas, back to hockey. Here we go, boys. Let's go. Yeah, puck yeah. in the leg. But then the next night, first shift, I think he went in and went bar down on Gravel. I think he had four points his first game the next night in Halifax. So, I, you know, he got away with it. There's something about the high button effect. When we mic'd up Miller, pretty sure he got a hat trick that night. Yeah, I think he might have. And there's other other things, too, that I, last year we, we mic'd up a bunch of guys. And I, I, played golf, I played golf with Mills uh, yet two days ago. I know, I saw you. Oh, yeah, he right, right, right. He is right. a golfer. He saw it. Like <laughs> that's he, that's an answer. No, no, right. he no, he saw it. I think he he was eighty two or eighty three. Like oh, yeah. yeah, he he hacked it on the front. I think he was forty six, thirty seven. Like we all played pretty good that day, though. We were all. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, we were all like eighty two and lower. So it was it was those are the fun days. I remember that day. It was raining in the city. So before I f- drove out there, I was like, dude, it's like it's raining. Like, what's it like out there? 
And he's like, what are you talking about? It's sunny out here, by. It's God country. Oh, yeah. And then I remember in the video, the coat, Ryan was like, hey, boys, be careful around here. You know, you don't know what's going on here. Like, what are you talking about? This is God's country. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the ants would say the same thing. It's God's country out That's here. That's Berkey, uh, Jordan Burke came out and played with me yesterday. And uh, he came, he's wearing pants. We, we teed off at 10. It was like 28 degrees. I'm like, why are you wearing pants? He's like, man, it was not nice in the city. Yeah. I'm like... Just expect it to be just expect it to be beautiful out here, man. So. The views on that place, Penn oh, Hills. Man. It's every every hole you're like, wow, I saw like four foxes yeah. running by. Eagles. Eagles. Everything, right? So it, it is a it's a truly unbelievable course and it's a special place for me because I've played there my whole life. Well oh, have since, you? since since it since it's been built, yeah. So when was it built? Oh three. Wow. So um, you know, Tanner, the head pro there and I are have been good buddy since we were nine ten years old playing golf together um you know i have some family that are involved with the course uh, i worked there from the time i was 15 till the time i graduated university so you know i oh, worked did you okay. so you know it, it's an awesome place there it's great golf course uh the the people you know my mom she she cooks there and, and works oh, yeah. the bar in the summer so um it's just an awesome place to be like and i had uh, a couple guys of uh, kevin thacker who is originally from Ontario and he's like the northeastern uh scout for Arizona. Okay. So like he covers the Q, he covers like uh, like the Boston College, Boston University, like New England colleges okay. and stuff like that for Arizona and uh so he he he's got a he lives in a condo downtown now and everything. So we went, I took him out yesterday and um he couldn't get over it. He's like, you're never going to see anything like this in, in Ontario. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the views are, are unbelievable. So if you haven't played the links of Penn Hills, go play it. Absolutely. No free plugs, but <laughs> ever, I had a great time there. Yeah, exactly. Your mom was out of cook. What's your mom's favorite dish or what do you, what does your mom cook? That's your favorite dish at the course or in general, just in general, uh, her lasagna for sure. Lasagna for sure. What's the key to it? Uh, I don't love, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What does she pair with it? Like a salad, oh, yeah, bread, a little Caesar salad, yeah. little, little baked bread for sure. That's the best meal, man. A nice Italian meal, lasagna, little Caesar salad, little garlic bread, yeah. Coke and water. I, so I, I've been like, I've been home for two weeks now, I think yeah. back from Sydney for two weeks. And so I've been staying at mom and dad's and, uh, yeah, it's nice not having to cook or anything right now so so you and me are the opposite now i was just at my parents place <laughs> and now i gotta cook for myself here i'm starving right now i got nothing i i, I want this maritime bubble to open up because my like cody's over in charlottetown so he's been over there this whole time so no so he's got this big house with nobody in it so i just want this thing to open and go spend a week over there with him what's he doing over there well, he was at the Mount Academy. This okay. Year. So he he coached at I the Mount Academy. Twitter. Well, that. he just got named uh, the head coach of the U eighteen team. Yes. For next year. That's awesome. Which Congrats. is which is huge. Yeah. yeah. So you know, super pumped, super proud, super happy for him because yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's a very good hockey mind. He's a great guy to have um, to be able to call or text or whatever anytime. Like you know, bouncing ideas off each other or we need information or whatever it is. Like we're. Um, you know, it's a it's a great relationship to have, and I think he's he's going to be a great coach. I think he, the first time he's got his head coach, you know, had his own team. So, yeah. um, and I know he's going to do a great job over there. That's awesome. Runs in the family, I guess. Yeah, sort of. Since kind of my brother, my youngest brother actually coached Pee Wee uh, AAA in East Hans this year too. So you have another brother? I there's four of us total. So there's me, and then Luke is the next one, and uh, he's an accountant. He, he's uh, he works for uh, Medivy. Okay. Uh, and uh and then Cody and then Alex is the youngest one. So. Wow. 
Yeah. They almost be proud of you of uh, where you're at right now. Yeah, it's always com- competitive, right? Is like, it? It's all oh yeah, it's all That's good. That's yeah, what you want. Yeah, we're always, you know, tr- so Luke Luke's the most successful one I think right now. He just bought a new house. The accountant? Yeah, yeah. So he He's manages money. money a yeah. little more than me. So. <laughs> I need a little help, Luke. <laughs> I, Let me I'm, know. I'm living in a one bedroom, you know, 16 square foot apartment and he just buys his four bedroom house. He but. turns into like the accountant for Cape Breton and he just lowers your salary. A bit. He's like, ah, sorry, we need a bigger food budget. <laughs> yeah, but no, definitely proud of, proud of all of them for sure, what they're doing. So um, excited to see what code gets to do with his new squad. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you about what an interview process is like for a coaching job. I know what an interview process is like for just a regular job trying to work at somewhere else, but for a hockey coaching position, what what, what goes through an interview process? Yeah, so I guess I, I went through probably four, three or four different interview processes last year because, like, once Newbridge was finished, I, uh, you know, needed a new job. Yeah. So – you know, each one of them was a little different, but, um, but how do you apply? Like you go so, on LinkedIn. So, like, so, uh, so yeah, LinkedIn, there's, there's <laughs> are a you site. Serious? Cape Breton was hired. No, no, no. That's not where I found it. So like, there's a site, uh, American hockey coach association, okay. uh, is, is a site that posts like coaching jobs, equipment manager jobs, you know, AT jobs, video jobs, like all anything that's hockey jobs. There's this website for it. What's it called? American. It's a H C a. It's like American hockey, AC. Coaches Association. Can I look it up right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just type in like ice hockey coaching jobs. Ice hockey coaching jobs. And yeah, right there, job openings. Look at that. So yeah. So yeah, so there It's that, just like a list? Yeah, if you just go down, there's there's, you know, a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I found Wow. So right there, boom, like New England College men's hockey grad assistant job. So like that was a job that I applied for last year. And um Dude, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Cape Breton was listed here. So no, no. So I actually it wasn't even listed. I I got a call from Jake, um Maritime Connection. And, and you know, he we we chatted for like an hour probably that first time and he just asked me some general questions, you know, about hockey and myself and that kind of thing and um, he said, send, send me your application, your, or your resume and, and, and references and stuff. And I'll, you know, forward it to, to the GM. And, but, so that's how I started with Cape Breton. And I was in the middle of interviewing for, for the new England college job. Uh, I was interviewing with, uh, the Hill Academy in Ontario. Um, and, then this process started. So, you know, I talked to Jake a few times over the phone and then we did, uh, like a conference call interview with, uh, you know, JC, our GM, John Hanna, our assistant GM, Jake, uh, Gerard Shaw, our president. Um, is that Logan's dad? Yeah. 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 So, and, uh, so that was like, I don't know, an hour or so and each of them, you know, asked me questions and stuff. And then, um, then I had a final interview with with JC, the GM, and and that was kind of the the French side. Like he he wanted to really push my limits to see how how I could handle you know French, and probably about twenty five half hour worth of all French interview with him was the final. Oh, you can see, you're bilingual. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sick. So that that was a big reason why I was able to get the job because no, do you have to speak French in the queue? No, you don't have to, but it's it, pretty much every Helps. team in the league has at least one guy yeah. on the bench. Um, and it, it, it's not so much for uh, 
like I, you know, all of our guys this year completely fluent yeah. both languages, and yeah. and you know, it was more just like shooting the breeze with some guys like Boots, like our twenty year old. He loved the fact that I could speak French. So he, like he'd only talk to me in French, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but mostly it was for like the young guys for camp for training camp like the young guys from rural quebec Make that them feel comfortable yeah like that can't speak english yet because yeah. they haven't started it and that kind of stuff but um, did you study that in school just yeah for i did preparing I, this job no maybe? no i did french immersion in school and oh, so it just happened because i was originally okay. planning to get into law right okay. so so i did i did that um i was a huge nerd in high school like like nerds are cool now man like it worked out i mean i i played hockey and everything but like i really took school seriously I've, awesome. I've always you know i finished school a year early like i skipped a grade i you know so i've always pushed been ahead. academically um you know driven and then did my undergrad in english and history with the intention of going into law and um but during my undergrad i ended up catching on with with dartmouth with the mid triple a team and um decided that i wanted to give this coaching thing a run and so it was either go to law school and give up hockey completely or uh i decided to do my education degree because i could still do my my bed and coach at the same time mm-hmm. so uh and i love teaching don't get me wrong but well, you're you know, still teaching but the, but the, yeah but the end the end goal was always uh you know doing what i'm doing now uh we had uh graham benjamin on the podcast uh, two days ago and we we talked about that moment where you're like, okay, I want to kind of do this for the rest of my life. I enjoy this. I was saying about last year, I was at a Thunderbirds game. He was talking about last year when he was reporting uh, with the Raptors when they won. What was your moment where you're like, you know what, uh, hockey needs to be my life? What do you do? You remember that moment? Yeah, I think um, when I I always knew, like probably when I was 17, 18, I always knew I was going to coach. And and at that point, I was like, if I can be the head coach of you know Cole Harbor, Dartmouth, or Halifax, yeah. and Major Midget, like that's what I want to do. And I could, you know, work another job plus do that like that, then that's great. But the moment probably it it was a year, it was that year I coached Dartmouth uh, when we had the greens and Fitzpatrick and Morgan Barron and, and all those guys. And uh, I realized that I could handle, you know, coaching and, and connecting and, and, you know, helping these guys that are so high caliber that Came natural to you. that I was like, you know what, like I'm going to do this and, and this is what I'm going to do. And that was the moment of, like I, I just said, go to law school and give up hockey and, and do that yeah. or go the other way. And that was kind of the moment for me. Yeah. It's interesting how everyone just has that moment. Yeah. And it's sure. just like, all right, I'm going right or left or right, I'm going right. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I, like I said, I've always been a pretty confident guy in my abilities and, and I, I, I just set different, different goals, right? Like, you know, this is what I want to be doing in, in four years. This is what I want to be doing in five. Like how long have you been doing that? I, I didn't do that when I was younger. I'm starting to do it now, but how long have you been setting goals? for? Uh, since university, I would say like, since I started coaching midget AAA, like, you know, I wanted to be a head coach in midget AAA by the time I was 25. And I got on okay. as a head coach at Newbridge uh, when I was 24. So, and then uh, my next goal was, you know, I want to turn Newbridge into, help turn Newbridge into a powerhouse and, and recruit top end guys. And we were able to do that. And, you know, another goal was, was definitely be on a Q bench by before I'm 30. And you I, had that as a goal, I, really? I, yeah. Wow. And 
I came in just under the wire, but, um, so yeah, like, you know, for now the next step is to, you know, hopefully have my own team in the, in the Quebec league at yeah. some point down the road. Obviously now the higher you go, the longer it's going to take to, for those next jumps. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so, um, I like where I'm at right now. Like I have no, like if, if I'm in Cape Breton for the next five years doing the same thing I'm doing, that's hundred percent what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love it there. I, you know, I, I hated, <laughs> I hated driving to Cape Breton as a kid to, to go play hockey <laughs> and stuff like and ball in the summer. So like, I, I just didn't like the drive and, um, my buddy, you know, Brian Gillis, I know Brian. Yeah. yeah. So his, his old man, uh, his parents are from Cape Breton and his old man and my dad are pretty good buddies. Okay. And, uh, he made the joke. He goes, yeah, I think, I think Matt's the only guy that's ever moved to Cape Breton for a job. <laughs> so, but, but now like, you know, I, I could have left after, after the season shut down, but I wanted to stay. I loved Oh, you I, stayed. Yeah. Eh? I stayed the whole, the whole, you know, uh, quarantine and stuff and and yeah i love it in sydney i I absolutely love it i remember we went up to watch dudes play a a game in the dry yeah and you came to the the ball field and i was talking to you and you can just see it on your on your face how in the zone you were i wouldn't say you were happy you were just you you were happy but you were in the zone yeah you were just like i have a task i'm very fortunate to be in this position training camp's about to start i know what i need to do it it was cool talking to you for that 30 45 minutes you seemed like you were you're 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 on a path. You're like a horse with blinders on. You're just like I know yeah. where to go. And I think that was when you when you asked earlier about the nerves and stuff. I think that was probably the most nerve wracking time. Like yeah. those two three days. Like after I I'd, I'd been there for a week. I you know I met found your apartment. It found my apartment. Yeah. Well, actually I didn't. Like I it took me. I I was a nomad for a, the first month I was up there because I got the job like July twenty fifth. I had to be up there like August second. So and finding an apartment oh, so that was a quick turnaround. Oh, very quick, very quick. So fortunately, I have a buddy up there, uh, Jordan Evason McDonald. Yeah, sure. Thanks. And uh, he he scouted with me uh, in Yarmouth. Yeah. So I was fortunate to stay with him and his wife and kids for a little bit in Glace Bay while I while I was able to find a place. And then uh, we actually had so many guys at training camp that they had to stay in the Coast Guard College. Like the, the, the Coast Guard, like school call, like if you want to be a Coast Guard, you mm. go to school in Cape Breton. Really? So they have like a big residence and stuff. And, uh, so it was like the off season for them. So there's probably 12, 15 guys staying there uh, for training camp. So yeah. I was like the coach <laughs> with the boys with staying, staying there. I mean, it was pretty lock and key. Like, you know, everything's guarded. Like you can't do anything there. So, but so I was there for like a week, and then Scotty Guthrow, who was our one of our goalie guys, uh, him and his family went to Andrews Hockey for a week. So okay. then I stayed at his house for a week. Yeah. So I was all over Just the place for the, for the first bit, but then I finally found my spot, and it's it was a perfect spot, like two minutes from the rink, uh, you know, ten minute walk downtown. Yeah. Um, got awesome building mates, so oh, yeah. you know it was uh, that helped me, uh, you know, being by myself in that apartment, but you know the the two girls that live below me like we got a, a deck set up so like even during covid like they could hang out on like their level yeah and i could hang out on mine i know and, exactly like, what and you like mean. chat back and forth or whatever yeah. right like have a yeah. beer on the deck with them so yeah. like there was still some human Big interaction yeah. human interaction yeah. right so um and actually one of them is is uh the anthem singer for for us so like no way. yeah so it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that's sick yeah um what was i gonna say Oh, when uh, when do you have to go back to Cape Breton? Is there any timeline on that? I know you said October is the the start of it all, but 
Yeah. I, it's up in the air right now. Like, are you paying rent at your apartment right yeah, now? You're yeah. You're still paying rent. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Um, so my plan was to come back for June, uh, spend some time here, play some golf. Like I've been playing golf literally every day. I don't blame you. Um, but now if, if the, if the bubble opens up, then in July, then I'll go over to Charlottetown and see Cody and then head back yeah. up. But it's not too far anymore. So, a, so I don't mind the drive at all. If I had to be back up there next week, I'll go back up next week. Like, yeah. so, you know, most of, I got all of my work done basically during COVID for next year, yeah. you know, like all the prep video stuff, yeah. practice plans, drills, yeah. all that kind of stuff was yeah. done. And I mean, it was a good opportunity to do a lot of PD as well. Like, uh, the coaches, the NHL coaches association put on, um, some COVID videos with all the NHL guys, like, uh, on, on zoom. What's a COVID video? Just, just during COVID. So, so like during the quarantine, they'd have like uh different NHL coaches come on and do a segment, like do a talk on like how they pre-scout oh, or like sorry. how okay, they okay, deal sorry. with yeah, their yeah, defensemen yeah, okay, and like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. So it was able that to, great. yeah. So it was able to watch a lot of that. Um, you know, plus a lot of our video from this year and that kind of stuff. So like right now, until we get a word on, on what's happening, like, you know, we still definitely stay in touch. Like we have, you know, bi-weekly, I would say hockey op zoom calls, yeah. uh, just to keep And the draft was obviously big. Was it was, that was my next question because yeah. we went to the draft last year in Vancouver and pretty much the whole queue was there. Like all this, the, the coaches from almost every team were there. Was there any talk of you going to Montreal this year? To yeah. The, oh yeah. The draft? Yeah. So you would have went. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. sucks. I mean, so, yeah, it sucks. Like, we missed our draft, right, which was going to be in Shearbrook, and then the week after would have been Montreal for oh. the NHL draft. So it would have been a pretty fun couple weeks, especially with us, like, you know, we're going to have three, four guys drafted, right? Like, so. They haven't even scheduled that yet. No, no. It, they they can't until after the they schedule the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah. So. Because the standings, yeah. So, um yeah, it's definitely disappointing. I would have, I would have liked to to see that, but um, but our draft it was it was weird uh, because everybody was all over the place. It was all done, you know, via Zoom and yeah, and, oh yeah, right. Like because the Q draft's the same thing. Like you used to doing it in person and and everybody being there for the weekend and being at the draft table yeah. and and that kind of stuff. And it's a weird first year for you. Yeah, you know, like you got a sense of what what it's like. But there's also things you kind of missed out on. Yeah. So like next year's kind of still fresh for you. You know, yeah. you, you'll get to experience the draft. You get to experience the NHL draft. Hopefully, like yeah. there's still things that you you get to look forward to. So it's kind of exciting in a way. You know. Yeah, and, and it was it was still it was still cool. It was still exciting to you know be part of the draft process and and uh, you know get to call the, the the new draftees and welcome to the team and yeah. and that kind of thing. And I'm definitely excited with our draft. I thought we did you a great did job. Well. Yeah. Uh, I mean our. Our GM is one of the hardest working guys in anything I've ever seen. Like he's he's on top of everything all the time. Like he 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 uh, and and our two head scouts. We have a Quebec head scout and a Maritime head scout, and uh, they're awesome. So yeah. so we I think we did a great job. I mean I'm not as familiar with the Quebec guys, but I am pretty familiar with a lot of the Maritime guys. Um, just from my own scouting background and that kind of thing. So I think that helps you as a coach. I bet like when Ryan hired you, uh, Ryan's his name? Sorry, Jake. The, Jake, sorry. Jake. Jake hired you, the head coach. I bet th that had something to do with it. You're, you're kid like when, I remember the first time you ever came on this podcast and the people who you knew, the stories that you knew, the the, the scouting report, even on like knowing a little bit about their parents. I, I think that is almost a little bit of a trait 
that that helps you in, in your personality and your job you Ab- know absolutely you're knowledgeable in this stuff and, man. And, and that's that's an angle that i have to take because you know i'm lacking in some like i never played in the nhl you know i'm not i'm not a pro- so that like we've talked about this before so because i can't ever be that i have to make up for that in other ways and knowing all the players knowing exactly what you just said like that's I pride my. I always have pride. Like, I'm the kid when I was 12 years old. I was naming every Stanley Cup champion from backwards, like year by year by year, and know know who led. But like, that's always been an angle that I could take to get ahead. Yeah, and that is definitely like you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely benefited me from knowing, you know, because especially with Jake coming in this year from the OHL, I had no idea about any any of the the top players coming up or even the top players currently in the league, other than, you know, what he would have saw with Ruin and Halifax at very limited capacity at the Mem Cup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're on the bench before the game and he'll say, you know, what's what's this guy's deal? You yeah. know, what's this guy's deal? What type of player is he? And yeah. and that was a big challenge for me is learning the all the about all the Quebec guys. So I you know, research is I'm I'm literally always on elite prospects and, and asking different contacts I have in Quebec and, and things like that. My brother and Olivier are obviously big with that. Like let me know yeah. about the up and comers in Quebec. So um that's something that I, I think I'm always gonna have to to do mm-hmm. and definitely comes in handy too. Like I said, like when you've got a you know a, t- a director of amateur scouting or, or any any NHL scout or whoever, and they're asking about your players, but then they quiz you about other players in the league, and I feel confident answering it just like that because that's I, a good look. You know, like shows you care. I, I might not I might not be right about that player, and I might not see it, that player how you see him, but um, I I'm pretty confident in, in what I'm giving you. You have an opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's key for me. It always will be, uh, for sure. Good. Yeah. Um about an hour here. I want to keep talking. Yeah, I, I got nothing else to do, man. I got a tea time at four thirty, so four thirty? Yeah, men's night, right? So it's a little later. Normally I'd be out right now. So. Okay, sounds good. My only thing is I gotta do the we got like a deck out front. We gotta tear it down. Oh, but I have not. I don't know why I said we. I have to tear it down, and then my dad's coming, and then we're going to Home Depot picking up the lumber. You'll be making a lot of trips to Home Depot over the next. But here's the th- here's the thing. Eh? It's like I wish you could see upstairs and even up upstairs because like we rent the middle floor, so we had to renovate that, and then we had to renovate all the way upstairs as well. I've I've gone to Kenton, Home Depot, Canadian Tire, Rona, IKEA. Crazy. It's- over 30 times in the past three months yeah and i'm just done with it and now it's okay now i gotta do the fucking the, the front sorry <laughs> for the f-bomb cape Breton. but i gotta now i gotta go to the home depot pick up lumber i don't even know how to build a deck so now i got now i got my dad chirping at me no nail it like this screw it in like this well that's in the back of my head right now just all this work that's going to be going in and you look at you you just get to go play golf that's, that's uh this is but this is the first summer that i've actually i was saying this the other day because my golf game is actually as good right now as it has been since I was younger. Yeah. And um, I was like, this is the first summer since I was like, you know, an adult. Yeah. Um, since I graduated high school that I've, I haven't had any pressure. And because and, like all the time at Newbridge, we were trying to recruit all summer. We were yeah. traveling everywhere, like trying to put my team together, like working all summer, all summer, all summer. And, and you know, doing all these different hockey camps and stuff like that. And now yeah. it's, you know, a it's little nice bit you of... Relax. You don't have to look for a job either. Right, you know? exactly. It's nice. Yeah, so this has been the first time in a long time that I've actually, you know, sat back and 
chilled out for a little bit. So feels good. Yeah, it does. You know, you especially a, a province like Nova Scotia. I was saying that. I don't know who I talked to too many people now, but we it's just nice to be especially in a country i shouldn't even say province it's great to be in a country that you know is giving checks to people who don't have a job two thousand dollars it's a beautiful country to be in in the summer sunny i know tommy nicholson a buddy lives out in vancouver sunny every day there it's just a great place to be in the summer when uh you know when when i guess the world is up in arms right now so it's just it's a it's a healthy place to be yeah especially in a position like you too where you don't you don't have too much pressure on you yeah you can relax yeah, I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite players on your team, Ryan Francis. Does he have the opportunity to play in the World Juniors next year? Is he nineteen or is he twenty? No, next he's year? nineteen. He's so 19. Yeah. his draft year is this year, and he's, yeah. he's ranked high second round. Uh, I th- yeah, I think uh, like late second round, early third. Late. So depends on the th- ranking you look at. Like yeah. he, he's anywhere from mid second to early fourth. That's one guy that. Whenever I did watch Cape Breton this year, that I was like, "Holy! Sh- look at this guy right now." Talk about him, like in practices and games, and and what's he like as a player? He, he's just he blew my mind a lot this year. Yeah, he he's awesome. Like ever since I like I remember him watching him in Pee Wee, and I loved him. Oh, really? Like like he was always small, but he always had the heart of a lion. And the thing with with Franny is he's he's so smart. Yeah. He's so cerebral out there. He knows exactly where every player on both teams are on the ice at all times. Um, unbelievable puck distributor. His edges are unbelievable. Yeah. And, like, not only that, he knows it, too. Like, if if his edge is, like, a slightly off, he'll come off and say, hey, it's, like, my right six inches back on my right – like, you know, like, it, it's crazy. I've never seen anybody – like that and not in a bad way like yeah. in, a, in a really good way because he knows exactly what he can do on those things yeah. um but yeah i think and i've said this to you know any any nhl scouts or whatever that have asked me and uh i believe he'll be a an nhl player yeah um i think he's way too smart he's way too good at way way too many things he's he even if he's not a point of game guy in the nhl yeah. he'll be able to carve out a career because he's He's so good. He can play left wing, center, right wing. Um, you know, he can he can kill penalties. He can run a power play. He can win faceoffs. And you talk about Crosby. You know, Crosby that year when he's like, I, w- I just want to get better at faceoffs. That was Franny this year, right? Like, he because his first two years in the queue, he played the wing. Okay. Um, like he played on Batherson's wing, and then it, so we moved him back to center this year, and which he is a naturally a centerman and. You know, for the first bit, he was struggling on faceoffs yeah. because he hasn't done them in forever, and and that's you know he put in the work big time, yeah. getting better at faceoffs. So you know he works his butt off all the time. Like he's always competing. Uh, he's one of those guys that really like in a good way. Again, in practice, like he's one of those guys that'll get into it with somebody in a battle drill. Really, you, you know, not like not throwing I know bombs, yeah, but just... but like. I competing yeah. exactly competing yeah. doesn't matter who it is doesn't yeah. matter if it's Sokolov and Boudreaux who are a foot yeah. taller than him and 40 pounds heavier yeah. and, but um was very excited very happy to see Franny take off this year uh, and get the recognition he deserved with the the top prospects game yeah. and, the, and the Canada Russia series and yeah. um you know I fully expect him um to come in next year and challenge for the league scoring title with us like well said. you know so especially with the the guys we got coming back it's not like we're completely rebuilding here you know we we didn't sell the farm farm like we have a lot of good players coming back yeah. and like you know you put a 
Sean Elliman, who scored 44 last year, you know, you got him on his wing. Like, Franny should be, again, challenging for the for the scoring title. When we went out to mic up Why Not the other day, uh, Ryan was out there skating, and they're just going through, you know, the, the boys are just trying to get back into the motions of things. So they're just they're going around tight pot, uh, pylons, getting a shot on net, and just I was watching Ryan, and the way he was going through the pylons and just getting a shot on net so quickly and just sniping on the goalie, top right, left, bottom, center, five-hole, wherever he pleased. It, it was just – it wasn't as it wasn't as if he was going through the motions, but he was. It almost looked like he was, but he was going at top pace, he's, top speed. He's so you know? smooth. I he's can't... so smooth. Like, and that's like, he's, you know, straight away. He's not like a speed demon, right? Yeah. Like, he's not gonna blow by. He, he's not a, you know, he's not a Pavel Bure. He's more like a. You know, I compare him to like a Tyler Johnson or or you know somebody like that who's just Cam Atkinson's another one. They're moving so quickly, quickly and smoothly without moving their feet yeah. because they can just. It's like they're skiing out there, you know. Like, yeah, well like, said. Like, skiing, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just carving their edges so yeah. well, um, and always a step ahead of everybody. Yeah. So like, he knows. If if he's cutting in this way, he knows that exactly who that defenseman is. He's attacking and whether he's it's Justin sh- Barron or whether it's the sixth defenseman on that team. Yeah. Uh, so he knows the tendencies of those guys, and he knows if he moves this much, they're going to lunge, and then he can spin off the other way. You know, like the the one thing with Franny that is is a knock on him, and I don't think it's an issue at all because um, I think it's something that as he continues to grow and mature, it's gotten less and less out of his game is that sometimes he holds onto the puck for too long because he wants to make that perfect, perfect pass. I see what you're saying. Like, and it's grown like in midget, you could see it. And then in, in major junior, it's, it's good. It's, it's leaving his game because yeah. he, he's okay with making the, the easy pass now more often than he would have been before because yeah. he wants to hold on to that puck for that extra split second, wait for you to get back door for that tap in. I see what you're saying. Right. So that was, that was kind of the only really knock on him that I've heard from anybody because it, it, his compete is unbelievable. His, yeah. his heart is unbelievable. So, um, and, and for him, he's going to have to take a leadership role for us next year because we had so many 19 and 20 year old leaders this year, as I already mentioned that he was able to play without a lot of pressure. Yeah. Right, and I'm not saying he had no pressure because he definitely had the pressure from the NHL draft and and all of that, but in terms of being a leader on our team and and being the rah rah guy or anything like that, he didn't need to do that. So he could show up and play his game and and contribute and put in you know his two three points every night. And yeah. um, so next year, you know, he's going to have to take on more of a leadership role, which I think will only help him. Yeah. Um, you know, because now he's one. Now he's going. He's a fourth year nineteen year old. Like you know, yeah. now it's his turn to to teach the young the young guys we got coming in, you know, yeah. the ropes. So No, exciting young player. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. He he's I think, you know, I said this to somebody the other day like the amount of talent coming out of Nova Scotia is just it's crazy. It, it's crazy. I mean, you look at all the guys like even a guy like Cam Lee like, you know, signed with Pittsburgh and Michael Leary signed with Hartford in the AHL and you got all these guys and Morgan Barron obviously whether he signs or goes back for his senior year is still up in the air. Oh, and he then, can still go back and play another year. Yeah, he was like the best call player in college hockey this year and he was only a, a junior. I didn't so. know that. So, like it, it's it's actually insane and and it, like it speaks so much to the grassroots levels uh, in Nova Scotia. What do you think it is about the grassroots levels? Well, like, I, what, what do you think? I think Hockey Nova Scotia has done a great job of making sure that grassroots, it, it's not just the Halifax and, and the, you know, the Hammonds Plains that 
get all the attention. I think everywhere, all these different modern hockey associations have these technical directors in there now, right? So you got, you know, Sean McKenzie in Bedford, and you've got guys like Donald McLean helping him. You've got Kyle, Kyle Duke McDonald, who was a coach of Cape Breton West when they won the TELS Cup. He's that guy in yeah, yeah, yeah. in Tassa. You've got Billy Short in Dartmouth. You've got Jason Cannon in East Dance. You've got um, uh, Mike Stewart, whose uh, son Jacob plays for Moncton. Okay. Uh, so Mike uh, is the guy in Antigonish. He just got recognized as like the winner of the award for this year. So, you, you know, you've got Johnny Kibuke doing it in Cape Breton. So all of these different associations and there's tons more i just name off the top of my head like that are establishing the right things in these kids at a younger age you know and and not just playing the best players and trying to win games and that kind of thing like actually developing and teaching skills because you know being in the states for so much of my time like that's what they have always been doing in the u.s is just teaching skills from since they were young and you know eventually the top end Canadians are always going to end up being better than the top end Americans for now, just because of, you know, what hockey is in Canada, but you know, the secondary players and the, you know, those type of guys are the ones that are really benefiting from this extra development younger Mm. at younger ages, because now you're pairing, you know, being from Canada, learning from great coaches, but also having good skill development guys and, and girls to, to teach them along the way. Yeah, that's great. And the more that these players become better players and they go on to play, you know, major junior, hopefully the NHL, uh, it's it's a great thing within the Maritimes. It's in our blood to to give back, to come back to where look at Crosby, exactly. look at McKinnon. They come back. They they have these schools. They teach the youth. It, it, like uh, I remember, like the, when the Thunderbirds came here, they're like, I, I had a meeting with them early. I was like, you know, when you come here, it's going to be great. People are going to love you. But one thing you have to know about the Maritime people is you have to show that you have to show that you're part of the community. You have to show the love back. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm the, the fact that I said that, that they're doing it, but they've been doing that tremendously in the lacrosse sure. uh, um, registration through the roof. It sucks right now because of COVID, but here in the Maritimes, if, if you do ha- go on to be somewhat of a successful person in your industry, you always come and give back. It's it's just, yeah. you don't even have to mention it. It's just a thing that happens. And that's and it's great. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I love seeing guys do that. I love, you know, you saw 30, 32 Nova Scotians drafted this year in our league, and that's a record, right? And like, so why do you think those 32 Nova Scotians got drafted? I bet it's because there's guys like Hillier coming back and coach, and I bet it's because there's guys like Brandon Benedict. You know, there are these guys that All just went guys. on and, and did these things, and they're coming back and going, okay, look, here's what I learned about my second year in the queue. Here's where I messed up, and here's how I fixed that problem. If you can mess up in major midget and fix it in major midget, you're going to be a better first-year major junior player. Yeah, it's 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 a cool thing to see the process. I remember when we first started the company, I was I was struggling with trying to find guests, like well, not in Vancouver, but when we moved to Halifax. And then I just kind of thought for a second. I was too forced. I'm like, okay, I need my friends. Okay, I need this guy that I know. And then I thought for a second. Okay, wait a second. Who is from Nova Scotia? Who's from the Maritimes? That's good at sport. And then you just kind of think. You go on social media, and you're like, holy shit. There's a ton. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. It's just it, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. And it's, it, you know, with with the soccer, with the lacrosse, and with everything coming to Halifax, you know, it's just hopefully COVID doesn't end this momentum that, that they've been getting. Yeah, so. I don't think it will. I don't think so either. But might pause it for a bit. But. Yeah, and same with us. Like, you know, I think it, we might pause it for, for a second, but I think um, I think we'll be back 
back bigger and stronger than ever. Hopefully, do Q teams need to have fans in the stands in order to make money? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's outside my yeah. wheelhouse. I, I don't know. I like, I know there's like a streaming thing that they're gonna yeah. bring in to play this year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that works. Like, you know, you buy that game for seven bucks or whatever, you pay for a ticket. So like. Yeah, I, I I don't know how that works. I don't know how much goes to the streaming service or the team or whatever. I, yeah, but money has to be coming in if the guys are going to be on the ice because like major junior guys, they get paid. You know, how, where's that money coming from? So it's I don't know. I think I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah. I I I don't know. And I and I've I've been asked <laughs> that before, and I'm like, I kind of don't even think about it because I'm like, that's not anywhere my near job, my department. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Out of out of place, out of mind. It's like boys so. chip the puck past pressure, right? Let's go, come on. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Toe drag through the. <laughs> Toe drag through the middle, boys. Yeah. Scouts are here. You got to look good. Hit Franny going up the middle breakaway. You'll look good. Yeah, but yeah, I feel bad for for Franny and and those guys that are gonna miss out on their. Uh, well, maybe by the time the draft happens, they'll be able to have in person. I don't know. But like, in Montreal, that'd be nice. But uh, you know, it's it definitely sucks for for those guys to to miss out. But I hope, yeah. like I said, I hope he comes out on fire and and plays his way onto the the World Junior Team or, or at least into the mix for the World Junior Team. Yeah, because you know JB hey. JB will be there, right? So it'd be it'd be cool to have a couple yeah. Nova Scotians knocking on the door. That's a guy who deserved next year just to have a great year. It sucks so much this year. The injury, missed World Juniors, yeah. and then the league got shut down, and then now the NHL draft got shut down. That's a guy who just I, I, he needs that year next year for him. Yeah, I, I I don't think <laughs> every NHL GM be crazy to let that guy go past first round. I think he'll still be a first round pick. I like in my He's still mind, ranked up first round. Last, yeah, like last time I checked, you know, and everybody's always a little leery of you know injuries and that kind of, but. Anybody that actually talks to talks to him and and gets you know interviews him and stuff like like that kid's gonna be a stud NHLer so yeah. you know that's what you want in the first round. It's funny how um, sorry, yeah, no worries. Um, it's funny how like, we were golfing with uh, Devin Shore. Yep, and you just noticed something about him how he was a pro. We didn't play hockey with him; we're playing golf with him. Just the way he conducted himself, the yep. way he pulled up into the. The parking lot, the way he got out. Hey, boys, how you doing? Devin, nice to meet you. Because we, we've had him on the podcast, but only through phone, so I've never met him. Mm-hmm. Just the way he conducted himself for the, the whole 18 holes, and you, you just notice something about a pro. Yeah. You know, it, it's an intri- It's something you can't really describe, but it's just the way that a guy will carry himself. And I've had a couple conversations with Baron, like uh, the Mem Cup underneath the tunnel there. Same kind of quality. Pro, professional. Not a not a not like a talking to a wall. He's a human. Yeah. There's some guys you talk to, you're like, yeah, he's not there, but... You know, this guy, he's, he's there, and uh, you can just tell. It's it's a cool quality to have in a person. Uh, Him and yeah. his brother. And his, well, yeah, Morgan's been on the podcast, same yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, the, it's it, like I said, it, it's awesome to see all these Nova Scotians and Maritimers uh, having success at the pro levels. Like, yeah. even some of these guys that are playing minor pro yeah. in Europe and, yeah. and, you know, seeing seeing the world and making a little bit of money and having some great life experience. Like there's a ton more guys than you even realize like that are, that are doing that, right. That are playing in France or Belgium or Germany or wherever. Right. Like Sill. Well, Sill and Shep are going to play on the same team next year. Actually, they're signed to play, uh, Colner. I think he's re-signed with Colner Hale. And I think Shepard signed there. James Shepard. That's in Zurich. No, it's in Germany. Germany, Somewhere. Yeah. I don't know exactly where, but, um, but yeah, exactly. Like those guys are, 
living yeah. the dream. Bonner trucks over there too in in Germany and with Albuschizer, yeah, on yeah, Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's awesome to see such a small province um turn out so many high quality yeah. hockey players. It's a great thing. It's it's exciting for, you know, for me and you. Yeah. You know, being in a maritime team, you're looking for maritime talent. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You got anything else to say? Uh, want to no. say hi to family, friends, brother? I think I I already pumped their tires a little too much, <laughs> probably. But yeah, I guess any uh, any of the the boys from 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 the Eagles listen to this. I think I dropped everybody's name, but if I missed it, then uh, shout out to you. But uh, I'll give you a little extra ice time next year if I miss <laughs> your name. <laughs> no, but yeah, just uh, yeah, check out, come check out Belly's new new place. It's awesome. In no, there. no, 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 high button for sports. <laughs> high button sports. No. Thanks for having me, brother. No, man. Thanks. And, uh, uh, thanks for coming. Anytime you want to hit the links, let me know. Well, look what happened to my hand the other day. I was yesterday. I was shooting. Yeah. And I've never been part of a shooting session. Like yeah. a, I saw I, it. I watched it. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Brad was my gi- hand. Brad was giving you mad props. I was washing the dishes last night, just in pain, <laughs> just like ah, damn. <laughs> I, uh, but so I don't know if I'll be golfing anytime soon. Yeah, I just a couple bandies. Like, look at that. Like, I got that kills me all the time when I swing, but I fight through it. Oh yeah. Like, I gotta get a glove. You got a glove? I don't have a glove. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> is that, that does was, that, that help? That, yeah, that's why I'm slicing on my driver. <laughs> I don't have a glove. That might help. That might help. But yeah, good good thing you got. Like Brad's a tough guy to impress. So getting those sh- props from him. He was. You see the tweet? The yeah, tweeted I out. I know. Good timing apparently is what what it takes to be a good shooting coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's my theory on that. Because when you have guys that come out and shoot, I feel like those are the guys that are, that are still playing hockey and they want to be better. So they just want to score. Me, I'm not trying to be a better hockey player. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to help the yeah. boys. So that's why I think I, I, I did okay because I wasn't trying to look good for anyone. I was just shooting to make sure that Welsh and yeah. Gooby were having a good time. For sure. Because that's my theory. Like, no, you're bang on because, like, when Chuck is doing stuff with the goalies, whether it's before practice or after practice, and he'll take, like, you know, Sokolov or whoever down to shoot. Yeah. They want to score on. Yeah. They they want to show Mando up, you know. Yeah. They want to show Grim up. They want to. So, yeah, I, I've had that conversation with Brad numerous times about the, the the school, the hockey school shooters and stuff. So they're harder to come by than people think. He's coming on the podcast uh, next week. That's beauty. He's he's Good awesome. Man. He's already been on. He's a great guy to talk to. He he he's awesome and like he's part of that. You know, like I learned so much from like. Very similar size to this, our office at Newbridge with, you know, Benedict and Olivier and Cody and and Nick Croft and Hillier and Brad. Like, the hockey conversations we had in those rooms, yeah. like, because he's not just a goalie. Like, he, he knows the game better than most people I know yeah. um, in terms of everything. So, he'll, he, he'll be a fun guest. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. Cool. Thanks Everyone for Everyone listening, once again, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. A lot more content coming your way this is the high button we're done see you later So what is wrong with it?
Wrong! 